The scripture reading this morning comes from Joshua chapter 9. As soon as all the kings who were beyond the Jordan in the hill country and in the lowland along the coast of the great sea toward Lebanon, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites heard of this, uh, they gathered together as one to fight against Joshua and Israel. But when the inhabitants of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done to Jericho and to Ai, they on their part acted with cunning and went and made ready provisions and took worn out sacks for their donkeys and wineskins, worn out and torn and mended, with worn out patched sandals on their feet and worn out clothes. And all their provisions were dry and crumbly. And they went to Joshua in the camp at Gilgal and said to him and to the men of Israel, We have come from a distant country, so now make a covenant with us. But the men of Israel said to the Hivites, Perhaps you live among us, then how can we make a covenant with you? They said to Joshua, We are your servants. And Joshua said to them, Who are you and where do you come from? And they said to him, From a very distant country your servants have come because of the name of the Lord your God. For we have heard a report of him and all that he did in Egypt. And all that he did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan, to Sihon the king of Heshbon and to Og king of Bashan who lived at Ashtoreth. So our elders and all the inhabitants of our country said to us, Take provisions in your hand, For the journey and go to meet them and say to them, We are your servants. Come now, make a covenant with us. Here is our bread. It was still warm when we took it from our houses as food for the journey on the day we set out to come to you. But now behold, it is dry and crumbly. These wineskins were new when they were filled, and behold, they have burst. And these garments and sandals of ours are worn out from the very long journey. So the men took some of their provisions. But did not ask counsel from the Lord. And Joshua made peace with them and made a covenant with them to let them live. And the leaders of the congregation swore to them. At the end of three days after they had made a covenant with them, they heard that they were their neighbors and that, it, and that they lived among them. And the people of Israel set out and reached their cities on the third day. Now their cities were Gibeon, Chephiroth, Beroth, and Kiriath Jerim. But the people of Israel did not attack them because the leaders of the congregation had sworn to them by the Lord, the God of Israel. Then all the congregation murmured against the leaders. But all the leaders said to the congregation, We have sworn to them by the Lord, the God of Israel, and now we may not touch them. This we will do to them. Let them live, lest wrath be upon us because of the oath that we swore to them. And the leaders said to them, Let them live. So they became cutters of wood and drawers of water for all the congregation, just as the leaders had said of them. Joshua summoned them and said to them, Why did you deceive us, saying, We are very far from you when you dwell among us? Now therefore you are cursed, and some of you shall never be anything but servants, cutters of wood and drawers of water for the house of my God. They answered Joshua, Because it was told to your servants for a certainty. That the Lord your God had commanded his servant Moses to give you all the land and to destroy all the inhabitants of the land from before you. So we feared greatly for our lives because of you and did this thing. And now behold, we are in your hand. Whatever seems good and right in your sight, 
do to us. To do to us, do it. So he did this to them and delivered them out of the hand of the people of Israel, and they did not kill them. But Joshua made them that day cutters of wood and drawers of water for the congregation and for the altar of the Lord to this day in the place that he should choose. May God bless the reading of his word. You may be thinking, Ron, what is going on there? Well, this passage is all about decision making. Uh, You know, Joshua and the people of Israel, as they were moving into the land of Canaan to take over this land that God had promised them, uh, they had many decisions to make. Uh, And the inhabitants of Canaan, as Israel approached their cities, they had decisions to make. And you all have decisions to make, right? And I have decisions to make. And uh, the question I want us to answer this morning is, how do we make godly decisions? Because that's really the question. Uh, and that's what we're getting at here in this passage. And, and really to answer that question, I want us to look at a few examples in this passage and see if we can gain some wisdom. You know, how to make decisions, how not to make decisions. And so first I want to look at the unbelieving kings of Canaan and how they made their decisions. So in verses 1 and 2, you see many of these unbelieving kings of Canaan, uh, they made a decision to, the, to unite themselves against the will of God. Right To fight against Israel and Joshua. But there was this one group, the Gibeonites, that decided to take a different track. Uh, And what is significant is that uh, the news about what God had done for Israel on the other side of the Jordan and in Jericho and Ai, this news has reached these kings of Canaan, all the people groups of Canaan. And so they're all receiving the same news, uh, but yet they're making two different decisions. You have the kings, these kings that unite against Israel. They make a decision against the will of God. And then you have the Gibeonites make a decision to submit to the will of God and to surrender to Joshua and the Israelites. And the the reasoning behind uh, the decision of the Gibeonites is very similar to the reasoning of Rahab. If you remember back earlier in Joshua, when Rahab, a citizen of Jericho, decided to be counted among the people of God and to switch her allegiance. Look at verses 9 and 10 again. These people from Gibeon said, uh, From a distant country your servants have come because of the name of the Lord your God. For we have heard a report from him and all that he did in Egypt and all that he did to the two, two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan. So you know, they have heard about what God was doing. And so they decided, you know what? We want to uh, submit to what God's doing through the people of Israel. And so we want to seek peace with them. And so you have two groups responding in two different ways to the same information. You have this group of kings wanting to rebel against the will of God. And then you have the Gibeonites wanting to surrender or submit to the will of God. And so these two groups teach us a little bit about decision making, right? In our decision making... We can either decide to rebel against the will of God or we can decide to submit to the will of God in our decision making, right? Well, and that's helpful to know, okay, you get these two categories, but that still doesn't tell us how to make godly decisions. And in order to understand that, we need to look at the people of God. How do the people of God make decisions? And did they make the right decision here? And uh, should we follow their example So what I want us to do is I want us to look at Joshua and the people of Israel. 
specifically Joshua and the leaders, and see if we can gain some wisdom as to how we should make godly decisions today. And you know, when you boil it down, there are basically two things that are involved in making godly decisions. The first thing is, you need to figure out what is the decision that needs to be considered, right? What is the decision that needs to be made? For Joshua and the leaders, the decision was, should we make this covenant with the people of Gibeon? That was the question on the table. That was something they needed to decide on what they would do with this group of people. Now, some decisions are very simple. You know, it's a yes or no. Uh, some may only have two options, but usually there are more than just two options. Uh, and you may be thinking, well, I don't know, Ron, if I'll ever have to make a decision, should I make a covenant with this people group or not? And you probably won't. However, you will be making decisions. You know, should you take this job or not? Should you date this person or not? You know, should I buy this house or not? I mean, there are all these decisions that we make every day. Some are obviously more weighty than others. You know, should I wear the red shirt or the blue shirt? I mean, that's kind of a a small decision. But then there are these bigger decisions, these more weighty decisions. You know, should I take this job that's going to require me to move my family across the country? You know, should I marry this person? I mean, these are kind of heavy decisions that are very uh, influential for us and those around us. So uh, we make all these types of decisions. But the first step, whether you're a Christian or not, is to figure out, okay, what is the decision that needs to be considered? That's what everybody does, whether you're a Christian or not. Now, the next step, though, is what sets apart those who follow Jesus from the rest of the world. Uh, because we're, we're concerned with not only making decisions, but making godly decisions. And so what sets us apart in our decision-making is not only do we identify the, the decision that needs to be considered... But the second thing that we do is that we seek the counsel of the Lord. Okay, that's, that's really the distinguishing factor for, for those who follow Jesus. I mean, we make decisions as we seek the counsel of the Lord. We want to know, okay, what does God want me to do, right? We're asking that question. Not everybody asks that question. But those who follow Jesus, we should be asking that question. We should seek the counsel of the Lord. Now, for Joshua and the people of Israel, there were at least three ways for them to seek the counsel of the Lord. First, they needed to go to God's Word. And so, what's interesting is the chapter right before this one, you know, they renewed the covenant, they read from the law again, and they had kind of the call and response time, you know. And so, they heard the law read again. And so, this was fresh on their mind. And so they were familiar with what the law said, the Word of God said. And so what we need to be asking ourselves as we face decisions is, okay, what does God's Word say about this decision? Okay? That's one way we seek the counsel of the Lord. Let me just give you a summary of the situation they faced once again. You know, as I read uh, Joshua 9, it was very evident that although the Gibeonites sought to make a treaty with Israel, they did it in a dishonest way, right? They were deceptive in how they approached it. Uh, You know, they portrayed themselves as a people coming from a long way off. Like, they weren't part of the land of Canaan. They were beyond Canaan. And they were, you know, traveling all this way to meet up with Joshua in order to surrender to them and make this covenant. And in order to understand Joshua and the leader's decision, you need to understand uh, a passage that would be familiar with them from the book of Deuteronomy. You know, in Deuteronomy chapter 20, we read of two guidelines for the people of God 
as they were to deal with people in the land of Canaan and beyond the land of Canaan. And the two guidelines they were given is, is first, if a group of people lived beyond the land of Canaan and they came to you and wanted to surrender, you could make a treaty with them, make a covenant with them, which is what happened here to the Gibeonites, right? Second guideline, though, was if any group of people within Canaan comes to you, you should not make a covenant with them. And the, the issue was, you know, God did not want the people of Canaan to bring in their idolatry and the way they would worship other gods and, and uh, you know, cause the Israelites to go after other gods, which we see actually that's exactly what will end up happening down the road. But those are the two basic guidelines. You know, if, if the people are outside of the land of Canaan, you can make a covenant with them, like have a peace treaty. But if they're in the land of Canaan, there is no peace treaty. You just need to take the land. And so those two guidelines were in the mind of the leaders of Israel when the Gibeonites approached them. And so again, the Gibeonites said, we're from beyond the land of Canaan, right? We came from a long way. And so Joshua and the leaders said, okay, well, we'll use that first guideline. Uh, they're, they're from beyond the land. We'll make a, a peace covenant with them and offer them protection as they uh, take on some type of service within the people of God. So... It seemed like a pretty straightforward decision, right? They're from a long way off. We'll apply the first guideline. You know, bada bing, bada boom. Decisions made. Um, now, we will appreciate this about them anyway. I mean, they did seek God's word. I mean, they knew God's word and they sought to apply it. And they believed that the Gibeonites were, were far outside the land. And so they applied God's word to the situation. And they made that decision. Uh, and it, and it's, so we'll stop right there for, for, for now. Uh, and for us, we should at least follow that part of the, of the process. You know, in our decisions, we need to think about, okay, how does God's word apply to our example? Now, some decisions aren't that uh, complicated. For example, you know, my parents asked me to clean my room. Should I do it? Well, let me look at the Bible and say, see what the Bible says about it. And you read through the Bible and you find the Apostle Paul in Ephesians 6, 1 says, you know, children obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Well, that's pretty straightforward. You know, clean your room. But what about this example? Um, should I take this job or that job? You know, both are good jobs. Um, you know, there's nothing sinful about either job. And I can actually do both jobs to the glory of God. So which one should I take? Well, I read through the Bible. And I looked for verses that give me uh, some specific direction here. And, I, you know, it doesn't say should I work for company A or company B. And so what do I do then? And the answer is we have to apply biblical wisdom. In other words, we have to use what the Bible says about uh, maybe other areas of life and apply them to our decision making if we're going to make godly decisions. And then what we really need to do is go beyond this, this step. Okay, we've identified the decision. We've looked at God's Word. Okay, we've tried to uh, understand what God's, how God's Word applies to this situation. And then we need to move to the next stage. And that is, we need to seek godly counsel. It needs to be a, you know, especially the more weighty a decision is, you want to get others kind of chime in on it. Especially others who are walking with the Lord. And that's what Joshua did. I mean, it says Joshua and the leaders of the people. I mean, they made this decision to make a covenant. And so they, they looked at the decision, which decision needed to be made. They identified it. They looked at God's word. They sought to apply it. 
they gathered up. It was a, it was a decision based on several people. It wasn't just a, a lone ranger. Uh, and that's a good thing. They were, they were approaching it in a good way so far. But we need to do that as well. We need to apply God's word to the situation. And then we need to seek wise counsel, especially as these decisions get, get more weighty. Uh, you need to bring in other people who are walking with Jesus that can help you make this decision. Because maybe they can share with you scripture that you overlooked or you didn't know was there. Uh, or maybe they can share with you some life experience and some wisdom that maybe you just don't have. And so it's, and it's good just to have some eyes on the situation that aren't so intimately involved in the, the process, right? And so bring in some of your church family and ask them what they think. So identify the decision. Apply God's word. Consult God's word about it. Consult God's people. And then we need to recognize, though, that even using those um, methods of making a decision, we can still make the wrong decision, right? Uh, because Joshua and them did it. They sought God's word. They identified the decision. They sought God's word. They had a group of people making the decision. But then in verse 14 we read, So the men took some of the provisions, but they did not ask counsel from the Lord. So they, they knew the decision that needed to be made and, and considered. They applied God's word to it. They, it was a group decision. But then it still says they failed to seek the counsel of the Lord. And so... What we see is that Joshua and the leadership, they did many right things that we should, uh, I think, examples we should follow, but they stopped short. And they didn't go fully uh, as they should have gone. They were just too hasty in their decision making. And they failed to seek uh, the counsel of the Lord in all the ways that God made available to them. So the third way they could seek counsel from the Lord is by going to the high priests. And there was a tool that the high priest had that he could use to seek God's will in various situations. And it was called the Urim and the Thummim. You say that real quick a few times. The Urim and the Thummim. And these two items were attached to the breastplate of this garment that the high priest would wear. And we don't know much about these items. They're only mentioned a handful of times in the Old Testament. But what we do know is that the high priest could use these items to discern God's will in certain situations. And Joshua was very aware of this way of making decisions because over in Numbers chapter 27, verse 21, Joshua stood before Eleazar, the high priest, and Eleazar inquired about him before the Lord using the Urim. And so he saw this in action. So he was aware that this was a way that we can seek out the will of God among the people of God. We can go to the high priest and he can use the Urim and the Thummim. Now today we don't have the Urim and the Thummim. Okay? But we can still go to the high priest. And our high priest is not the pastor or the priest or a bishop or someone who stands in a pulpit. Uh, I would fall in that category of, you know, we're just seeking other believers to help make that decision. I would fall into that group. So who is the high priest? Well, Jesus is our high priest, right? Jesus is our high priest. In Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16, we read that since we have a high priest, a great high priest, who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. 
For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So how do we draw near to the throne of grace? Through prayer. Through prayer. And James 1.5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. See, we don't have to go through a person like a pastor or um, anyone else like that to go to God. We go through Jesus. You know, Jesus came, He died on the cross for us, and He offered up that once and for all sacrifice that makes us right with God. And so faith in, through faith in Jesus Christ, we have access to God. And so, yes, we need to identify the decision. We need to look at God's Word, see what God's Word says about it. We need to seek godly counsel, but we also need to consult God Himself. And the way we do that is through prayer. And now once you do that, then you need to make the decision, right? Just make the decision. A decision needs to be made, just, and just make it. Uh, and you know, unless God's Word directly speaks to the decision, it's going to be rare that you have 100% certainty that the decision you're making is the right one, right? Should I take this job or this job? You know, you, you may not have 100% certainty, but what I will say is, the weightier the decision the more certainty you want. So for example, if you woke up this morning and said, should I wear the blue shirt or the red shirt? It doesn't really matter. Just pick one. You know, you don't have to call everybody from the church and say, I'm really struggling here. Should I wear the blue or the red? Unless you're me, because I'm colorblind. Then I'm bringing in godly counsel. You know, asking my wife, does this match? Should I wear this? You know, that's a whole different story. But you know, these, these types of small decisions, they're not very weighty. And so, you know, just, just make the decision. Uh, And if, you know, whatever you want to do there. But as you uh, increase the weight of the decision and it begins to involve more and more people, the significance of the decision grows. You need to have a higher degree of certainty. And the way we achieve that is through identifying the decision, seeing what God's word says about the decision, consulting godly counsel, and then consulting God himself in prayer. And then you make the decision. Now, one of the things I don't want you to miss in this passage is that even though the Gibeonites deceived Joshua and the leaders, and even though Joshua and the leaders were too hasty in their decision, God showed them mercy. And did you know that the Gibeonites will show up a few more times in the Old Testament? They'll show up under the reign of Saul. And they'll show up during the life of Nehemiah. But never do we read that the Gibeonites led Israel astray by worshiping other gods. Never do we read that they were a hindrance to Israel. So yes, they did not approach the situation the best way. And yes, Joshua and the leaders were too hasty in their decision making. But God was merciful and continued to work in and through his people. And you know, sometimes we're going to get it wrong. Sometimes we're going to make the wrong decision, or at least not the best decision. You know, sometimes we're going to look back and realize, you know what, I was too hasty when I made that decision. And I did not seek the counsel of the Lord the way I should have. 
And when you find yourself in that place, then just go to the Lord. Go to the Lord. Tell Him what happened. You know, confess your mistakes. Ask Him to forgive you and cleanse you and help you to move forward with Him. When we've all been there. We've all made mistakes that we would not make again. I mean, we all made decisions that we wouldn't want to make again. And we look back and we say, you know, that wasn't the right choice. I should have made a different choice perhaps. But uh, when we become aware of that, just go to the Lord. Confess it to Him. And the Bible tells us that He is faithful and just to cleanse us from our sin, to forgive us. And we can move forward with Him. Because, you know, you can't change the past, right? We can't change the past. But what we can change is how we're going to make decisions going forward. And let us not be like the kings at the beginning of the passage that rallied against the will of God and their decision making. But rather let us be like those who submit their decisions to the Lord as we consult God's word. We consult God's people and we consult God himself and then we make the decision. Let us pray. Father, thank you for this passage that is very practical. Uh, but also shows us that, you know, we can get it wrong sometimes, but you are merciful and you are gracious and you continue to uh, pursue your people and work through your people. And God, I just pray that we as your people uh, would seek to make godly choices, that we would apply your word to our choices, that we would seek out those who love you and ask them for godly counsel, that we would bring it to you in prayer. And Lord, just pray that you would help us to make godly decisions and if there are any decisions that even surface in our minds now that we recognize you know what that was the wrong choice that was a sinful choice uh, lord let us be quick to bring that to you Lord, we know you're a good father that you uh, forgive sin because of what jesus has done for us and we are so grateful for that and you promise to never leave us or forsake us and you give us your spirit you give us so much uh, to move forward and i just pray that we would all do that today that we would commit to move forward with you by faith Uh, leaving our past behind, our errors behind, our mistakes and sin behind, and moving forward with you as we seek to make godly choices. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.